Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Early Wedge presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Eric Cohen, otherwise known as EC. Last week was a tough one. I thought I was going to cash a 20 to 1 outright in Patrick Cantlay. I was counting my money. I was ready to come on this show despite owing Patrick McDonald 100 bucks from our showdown. I was going to gloat, and then Sunday happened, and I have nothing. And now we're on to the Mexico Open at Vedanta. So let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You know, they're they're great. They're the smartest guys in the business. Patrick McDonald, CBS Sports, golf writer, Sian Najad, the counselor, host of the Early Edge, and one of the best golf bettors on the planet. Counselor, I'll start with you on this one. So I had this Cantlay ticket, and I also had Zalatoris last week. So I got offered about 60% of my ticket uh, on Friday. Five-stroke lead going to the weekend. Would you have taken it, or do you let it ride? Yeah, I mean, I, I typically let it ride in that circumstance. And what I like to do is, I mean, 60% is not a bad number, but I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not close enough. And what I like to do is probably like live bet hedge on Sunday with like one or two people that are in it. This, this was an interesting one, though, because down the stretch, Obviously, Hideki came out of nowhere, so you couldn't even... And Cantlay got off to kind of just a, a rough start. So did Xander Shoffley. That was my outright ticket. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of... I don't really consider any cash outs, frankly, until Saturday night, Sunday. And then depending on how much I have on it and what the payout is, then I'll at least consider it. But usually, I don't cash out for an outright. I'll just live hedge it with you know one or two golfers down the stretch. All right, Patrick, at what point did you actually think Hideki Matsuyama had a chance to win this thing? Uh, the putt on 12, the okay. 50 footer. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, this is his day. 12 is the toughest hole out there at Riviera. And then he added on kind of a bonus there on 15. And once he got to 15, he tied Zalatoris at that point. And Zalatoris still had to go through that stretch. It was pretty much his. But there's no way going into before the back nine. I know he started off birdie, 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 and that's fine. But you, there's no conceivable way that we're betting Hideki Matsuyama earlier than the back nine on Sunday, right? Considering all the other factors. No, it's just one of those things. It was uh, an all-time heater. I mean, people don't shoot 30 on the back nine at Riviera for a reason. It's very tough to do, and Hideki Matsuyama just did it. It's one of those things. I mean, to begin the day, he was as high as 150 at some books, so you kind of just got to take it on your chin. So the other thing here is that you know, usually when I'm trying to take a live bet, whether it's on a Thursday night or whether it's on a, a Sunday morning, 
I'm I'm thinking about, well, who does he have to pass? And so, you know, the Hideki Matsuyama thing was so incredible, not just because of what he shot, which was amazing, but like it was Xander and Cantley and Wills Alatoris that he had he actually had to pass. So you have to like just it, it's all context every single time you're trying to make a live bet from somebody deep back in the pack. I mentioned, I think on this show, maybe last week when I hit Sam Burns at 80 to one on Thursday night, he was eight shots back. But that was a field that that. Everybody that was ahead of him was basically like an average golfer, if not below average. In this case, there's no way you could have thought Hideki's like going to shoot that score. But beyond that, that both Cantlay and Xander are just going to have very pedestrian rounds and that Zalatoris isn't going to stay hot. There were so many things that had to happen, not just with Hideki, but with like the superstars that were at the top. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about golf betting, go ahead, Patrick. I'm sorry. EC, e- just one more uh, kind of knife in you for this Patrick Cantlay, but he lost to Matsuyama over the last 20 holes by 14 strokes. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. He lost by 14 strokes the last uh, 20 holes. I mean, listen, Matsuyama, what he did, that back nine, as you said, that's a really big, I mean, if if Cantlay shoots, I guess the way to look at it, if Cantlay going into the weekend, if you said he's going to shoot par par, and and miss a playoff by a stroke, you're, I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, I get nobody saw Matsuyama doing that, and there's no point. It wasn't like, hey, I got to jump on and bet Matsuyama to number. Like Luke List, I understand he was started the round what a few back, got off to a hot start. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have seen, should have saw, you know, should have gotten in on that, whatever. I, I did try to hedge with Xander, uh, as we as Sia talked about. Like I, I thought he was the danger there. At no point was Hideki the danger. Nonetheless. This one's going to sting for me for a while. I'm sure, Counselor, you would have had an outright with, with uh, Shoffley. That one kind of hurts because he didn't yeah. show up on Sunday either. All right, now we're on to the Mexico Open. Patrick, we'll start with your storyline. I think it's very uh, appropriate for this week. Uh, yeah, it, it's obviously not a, a marquee week on the PGA Tour. Not a lot of names going out there. Only one player inside the top 25. That is Tony Finau. But despite that, despite people maybe taking the week off, whatever it may be, a lot on the line when you come uh, when it comes to this tournament. Still get major championship exemptions. Still get status into the signature events, the Aon Swing Five, uh, in world ranking points as well. So, despite not a lot of big names, pretty much any traveling down to Mexico, it is a big week for a lot of these uh, lesser known players. My storyline, I guess I'll go second here, is what can we do? What can the PGA Tour do to stop? fields like this or, or to improve fields like this like you you're coming off uh a, a stretch here where you had mark your signature event at pebble beach phoenix open which is a little bit of a letdown there but still a decent field you had a signature event at the genesis you have one uh in a couple weeks at the api and then the players what do you do for this one for for the mexico open is it just the wrong place in the calendar but they have to do something because this isn't it i mean this field you know for me my betting volume this week going way down now, counselor, I know you're all about finding the value, and this week I, I think you're you're probably looking a little bit down the board to find that. Am I correct? Yeah, you know it's really interesting because I think when you see a field that has Tony Finau at the top with very short odds, and then it's kind of everybody else. I think the thought is okay. Well, let's pick a long shot, and we've seen long shots win what every single tournament, pretty much. With all of that said, I do think there's kind of like a sweet spot in this tournament. Like clearly there's like the cream of the crop, right? We've got Tony Finau, we've got Nikolai Hoygaard, Keith Mitchell, some of those guys at the top, Thomas Dietrich. We'll talk about some of those guys. Taylor Pendrith, a popular guy. 
But it's that next range where I think we're really live to see an outright in the range after that. And in, in, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I don't know that a long shot is going to win this tournament in terms of like 100 to 1 or even like a 90 to 1, which is where Hideki opened last week, got down to 80, 70 in some places. But I think we're looking at like a 25 to 55 to 1 shot, somebody in that middle zone. And, and the reason is the drop off after you get to like the 60 to ones, I think there's a pretty big drop off We're from Tony Finau to the next tier. And then it's, it's that next tier of maybe 20 to 25 golfers that I think is going to win this thing because the drop off from there is pretty steep. Once you get to that 70, 80, 90, hundred to one range. So the long and short of it is, I think we're going to have a relative long shot here in the 25 to like 55, 60 to one range. All right. Well, that would be better than I guess the hundred to ones or three hundred to ones that we've gotten thus far. At some point, we got to see the chalk win, and I thought we were, you know, towards the top of the the odds board. And I thought we were going to see that at Riviera, and then, well, let's let's not talk about it, as you can tell. And you know, let me just say this too before we get into it. Patrick McDonald took a hundred bucks from me, and it really did. You ever have to sweat really with Rory against Scotty? I think that one seemed like a pretty good bet on your part. No. I'll be honest, I wasn't really paying attention uh, too much to that one. And, I mean, you picked on Scotty on a week where he lost strokes on approach, and you still couldn't get it done, you see. So. Well, to be honest, wasn't it like the beginning of round one? I mean, the meltdown for Rory initially happened on the back nine. Back nine. Of, or, on his back on nine. Back, yeah. So he was, he was kind of red hot prior to that. It was looking like Rory was going to win that showdown easily, and then, you know, the meltdown happened, and then there was a, another meltdown after that. Yeah, and then I, I got close in the fourth round. I'm like, hey, maybe I have a chance to steal this. Well, you know what? We're going back to the well this week, but let's start with our DFS picks or your guys' DFS picks. I'm actually going to start with you, Counselor, on this one because you're fading a couple of guys that I really like this week based on course history. Why are you doing that? Well, first of all, I understand why you like them. I, I think the problem, we're talking about, of course, Brandon Wu and Tony Finau. Here's the thing. I mean, we're talking about DFS. So I'm not even saying that like in the betting market, you should necessarily fade these two guys, but it's looking like Tony Finau is going to be in that 35% to 40% range. Even if he's 30, well, 30% is a, is a different question, but it's looking like 35 to 40% ownership. So if you can get Tony Finau on a, on a bad putter week, which is not very unusual lately, and he ends up being in 40% of lineups and you don't have him, and, and you took like Thomas Dietrich or Nikolai Hoygaard, granted those guys are popular too, but not nearly as popular as Tony Finau. As far as Brandon Wu is concerned, again, DFS is game theory, especially PGA DFS. It's more game theory than it is anything else. So again, I think Tony Finau might win this tournament, but I'm not willing to play him in DFS. I'd like to stamp out 40% of the field if he has an average tournament. Brandon Wu's a little bit of a different story. I mean, obviously we think he's really good on courses like this. We think he's really good on Paspalum. And for the record, two years ago, when we first had Mexico open at Vedanta, he was really good with the ball striking. I mean, really good and really good with the putter. Last year, he actually lost on approach, but because he was so good around the green and with the putter, he ended up, again, having that top five finish. So I just think we're going to see regression as it pertains to this tournament. He's not coming in with tremendous ball striking or, or tremendous anything for that matter. And I understand he's such a good course fit, but again, he's another guy at 9,100 that's going to be really, really popular, 15 to 20% because of what we're seeing with the recent history. Now, it's one thing if you want to play Tony Finau because he's kind of a star, but Brandon Wu, we only have a two-year sample size. One of those two years he literally lost on approach but gained on almost 12 or 13 strokes with the short game i'm willing to just kind of fade the fact that he is like this you know paspalum genius and 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 the ball striking is going to be there like it was two years ago it certainly wasn't there last year so happy to fade two popular guys and i'm going to go with keith mitchell at 9900 i think he's live to win this tournament 
But because he's sandwiched among so many different guys that people like, he's just not going to get the ownership. He's not going to be over 20%. He'll get like 15, 14%, but he's not going to be super popular. Again, I mentioned Nikolai Hoygaard. I mentioned Thomas Dutri. Some of these, Taylor Pendrith is going to be really popular. I love Taylor Pendrith, but in DFS, I'm not so sure I love him because everybody loves him, right? Again, game theory. So I like Keith Mitchell. I like what he does off the tee. I like his driving distance around the green. His, his, that's his main issue. Not going to be a problem here. Around the green play, not really a big issue uh, at the Mexico Open. Michael Kim's my next guy. 8,200, I think is tremendous value. He's not getting a ton of ownership. He's just to me, he's super consistent. I think he's a very safe play, and he's not, again, not super high owned. So he does pretty much everything well. Like he's gaining some distance off the tee. Approach play has been good. Like the putter, 8,200, love the value there. Okay, Norman, I'm kind of going off the map here. I don't think anybody's going to play Norman because, A, he's 7,600, so you don't really see the value that you might see with, let's say, Sam Stevens. Again, another guy I like at 7,100 that a lot of people are going to play. Well, nobody's playing Norman, and I actually think he's a pretty good course fit here. He can absolutely bomb it. He's just got to get the approach play back going again. He hasn't been very good lately, but again, Vincent Norman on this type of course, on this type of track, I really like him as a very much a contrarian play in DFS. Very nice. All right, that's solid with that one. Now, when I look at Patrick's fade, and I listen, when I see that price on Emiliano Grillo, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, 11,100. What kind of tournament? Listen, this field, we know what it is. I mean, we you, you talked about it in your storyline. I mean, it is what it is. So I, I guess I kind of understand it, but also, this is one of those tournaments against a weaker field that you would think you would pop, no? Yeah, no, it, it's really just, I, I can't go to bed tonight paying over $11,000 for Grio. I, the Prince of Paspalum, great course history, I understand that, but we've been paying, what, like seven for him these past, this past month, pretty much, for him, mm-hmm. and uh, I know we're in an inflation inflationary environment right now, and CPI numbers come in every month, and some are good, some are bad. I can't do it with the Argentinian. I, I just can't. So he's a no-go for me. If you want to bet him outright, be my guest. And, you know, to see his point, I almost went with three Kims in mind, but Michael was just a little too expensive to get the sub 8,000. I do like the Michael Kim play. I love the Vincent Norman play too. Winning upside for sure. Twice a winner over the last year. So pl- uh, plenty of upside there. I'm going with SH Kim. Great putter. Great around the greens. Plenty long. Irons, I think made a turn there in phoenix uh 7900 finished top 25 here last year so i like that play kind of the same deal with matt wallace i followed him for a little bit there in scottsdale just everywhere off the tee i mean if he if there was a cactus out there he pretty much found it uh but outside of that the rest of his game looked good he doesn't have the course history to bank on but like see said two years it's gonna happen uh and then chan kim 6500 I think he might win this golf tournament. Oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Fourth in total strokes gained over the last six months. Couple wins on the Corn Ferry Tour during that time. Starts on the PGA Tour haven't been great. He played well at the American Express. Uh, last start was the Farmers. He missed the cut, but he shot four over on the south course, six under on the north. So kind of, I think, misleading a little bit. Can go super low uh, given those Corn Ferry Tour victories. So 6,500 for Chan Kim, I think, is... The bargain of the week. Yeah, he, he must have his game must have elevated when he saw me at the driving range at Greyhawk uh, Golf Club uh, in 2022. What can I say? I did yeah. I did see him out there. Believe it or not, uh, and yes, he, he has ascended since then. So I do like that, even though he is an ASU guy and that is uh, anti everything that I stand for 
being a University of Arizona alum. Go Nate Lashley this week. Just want to point that out. Okay. Oh, All right. Let's boy. move on to uh, Dia or to first round leaders. Now, I watched a video the other day of a guy who took his whole life savings and put it on red on, on roulette. So and he, he won in Vegas. I guess it worked out for him. He won $130,000 and then, you know, everything in his life came together. So maybe this is kind of like how it can work now for my golf betting. If I just follow Sia's FRLs, like take your, you know, five golfers, you know, put my money down and maybe that'll get me back. My Patrick Cantlay could have, would have, should have wins. Tell us who you have this week. It's really funny you say that because I, I do a show sometimes called the PGA Draftcast. And one of the bits we have on that show, I give out my first round leaders, but one of the bits we have on that show is I literally tell people to put their life savings on it. But like, I'm obviously joking, right? It's it's like, it's literally, it's it's a bit. But what's funny is a couple of years ago, and this is two years ago now, when I hit six out of 12 tournaments, first round leader, like people were actually confused. They, they weren't sure if it was a bit or not when I was like, oh, you got to put all your units on this. So uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that I haven't hit a first round. I've come really close. I haven't hit a first round leader yet so far, but maybe, maybe this week is the week I, I've got five here. Um, I, I think some of these are pretty obvious. Let me actually start with the second one, which is Keith Mitchell at 40 to one. I already talked about him. I, I don't think I need to go through it again, but I'll say this. I think in this type of field, Keith, Keith Mitchell is not only live to be a first round leader, but he's live to win this whole tournament. I really like, and granted it's a small sample size. But the game is really starting to trend. When I look at weighted off the tee, when I look at his recent history, uh, specifically in the driving distance, all of those things. And by the way, T17 at the Farmers is nothing to sneeze at, especially when you compare fields. So I think Keith Mitchell is really, really interesting in this tournament. Again, I obviously I'm playing him in DFS as well. Taylor Pendrith, really good course fit. He's going to be good off the tee. He's going to be good with the long irons. This is like a perfect course for him. So at 40 to 1, again, his recent history, his game is really trending. It really wasn't there four, five, six months ago. So Taylor Pendrith at 40 to 1, I really like. Michael Kim, again, we already talked about. He's no stranger to sometimes getting off to a fast start, even recently. So I think 55 to 1 in this field, I could see him being your first round leader. Jake Knapp is more of a, a bit of a dart throw for me. It's it's one of those, I'm not exactly sure what his talent is, but I don't want to be late to the party. So, you know, I don't know about an outright, but first round leader at 50 to 1, I do like. And I mentioned Sam Stevens. I think this. I don't even want to say he's sneaky, by the way, because in DFS, he's going to be pretty popular at 7,100. But he's got the game to be good here. And when you look at some of the, the, the Paspalum green courses, like the Puerto Rico, Corrales Punta Cana, he's really flashed there. And I think he's really going to flash here as well. I think he's really interesting in like sort of the finishing position market, um, maybe as a long shot outright. But long story short, really like him as a first round leader. 18 holes, he can do it at 66 to 1. By the way, these odds are mostly from BetMGM. I've noticed they've been offering the best first round leader odds compared to other books that I really like for the, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but again, if you get Sam Stevens at 55 to one, instead of 66 to one, that's acceptable as well. You know, the word pest pollen has been used more in these 18 minutes than I've ever heard in my entire life combined. So uh, the things you learn on the early wedge, uh, this is one of them. Now, before Patrick McDonald attempts to take more of my money, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. Last week, as you can tell, I'm still bitter about everything that happened at the Genesis Invitational, including Patrick taking my money. So you know what? It's time for some revenge. Let's start with our matchups. And Patrick, there's one that I have my eye on. So let's hear your rationale before we get to it. Okay. I'll save that one for last. We'll, we'll get okay. to get to the other good, good ones first. I'm going to go with uh, the Thunder Bear. Thor, Bjorn, Olsson, even money over EVR. I get the EVR love. You think about his win at the uh, Worldwide Technology Championship, super wide resort-style golf course in Mexico. Makes all the sense in the world. Olsson has been playing great on the DP World Tour, won in his last start. He's had trouble kind of transitioning that talent and that quality to the PGA Tour in the past, but I like where his game's at, and I think even money's uh, more than fair. Grayson Sig, minus 110 over Chesson Hadley. Hadley's just a bad driver of the golf ball. Let's call a spade a spade. Not accurate, not long, really relying on the putter. Uh, iron play is dodgy. Grayson said can get red hot with the irons, much more well-rounded. So minus 110 is a play for me. And then this one, Nikolai Hogard plus 125. You can tell I like the Danes this week. Over Tony Finau. Finau leads the field in total strokes gain, strokes gain T to green, all that jazz. Hogard. Top five driving distance, number two in total strokes gained, top 15 in strokes gained putting as well. And EC, I was telling you about this little stat I tweeted out today. I'll let the, the listeners in on it as well. From four to eight feet this year, Tony Finau has made just over a hair of 37% of his putts. The 50% mark on the PGA Tour is eight feet. From four to eight, he's 37%. That is 169th out of 170 players. You're going to have to make a lot of those putts this week. I know he's great on pass bottom. I hate how the stroke looks right now, and I hate how he's putting. So I'm going to take the plus money with Hogard. First of all, who's worse? Do you know offhand who's worse than Finau from four to eight feet? Uh, I believe it is, oh gosh, is it Rico Hoey? Oh, well, then we're not betting him. At, uh, we're, just, we're just throwing that one out here. Listen, I, the thing about Finau... Let's hope his his lag putts get inside four feet because I'm going to take, I mean, at this number, I don't know if you want, do you want the juice on Hoygaard or do you, you're, you're doing it even money. You'll yeah, that, even that, money. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So Patrick, are you in or are you out? I'm in baby. Come on. Let's go back to back. Snake, play that music. You know, if I have to send Patrick another $100 on Sunday, that will be the, the last. I, listen, I've already learned. Don't take on the counselor in terms of showdowns because I don't think that worked out for me well last year. I think I'm finding the same out about Patrick, especially when I lose with Rory freaking McElroy. Uh, and now I'm going to, if I lose with Finau, who's 8-1 to one or 7-1, to one, not good. All right, counselor, what do you have as far as your matchups? Yeah, I'll start with Michael Kim, minus 110 over Austin Eckroat. Austin Eckroat, I actually think, might do pretty well at this tournament. I know in DFS, he's picking up a little popularity. And by the way, I was all over Austin Eckroat uh, last year when he was doing well. So I really respect his game. But 
Again, I think Michael Kim is starting like we, we've we've started to see him graduate into like a different stratosphere from a guy who just like missed cuts every single literally every single tournament to okay now like we're seeing improvement not just I mean really across the board with the metrics but we're seeing more distance obviously his his longer approach game is, is solid greens and regulation as it compares to Austin Eckroat uh, better just pretty much everything he's a little bit longer than Austin Eckroat off the tee so I'm not saying this is like a, a great number necessarily I mean you know Michael Kim minus 110 over Austin Eckroat but I would I would have expected this to be minus 125 minus 130 so I do think we're kind of getting a deal here I, I like Michael Kim in this tournament in general in pretty much most if not all markets Steven Yeager over Meliana Grillo this one I kind of tossed and turned a little bit with if you read my article on Sportsline you know that Steven Yeager and Keith Mitchell and Jonathan Vegas were like first looks for me. As soon as I saw that they were in this field, I was like, all right, these are guys I'm, I'm probably going to end up betting. Uh, Grio's been playing a lot of golf, and frankly, he's been really good, but the ball striking's been a little spotty. And I, and I just kind of worry about that, where Steven Yeager, it, it's almost like Michael Kim's a poor man Steven Yeager, if you will, because Steven Yeager's doing everything right. Last year, he had a better finish uh, well, not than Emiliano Grillo. Uh, that, that's Michael Kim, just so everybody knows, had a better finish than Austin Eckrow. But Steven Yeager last year did really well. He just lost in a couple of categories. He lost off the tee, and I believe he lost with the putter. I don't suspect that's going to happen with, with the way his recent form has been trending. So I like him over Grillo at minus 110. And then I'm just going to give out a nationality pick. Top Canadian, Taylor Pendrith, plus 120. There's not a lot to contend with here. Mackenzie Hughes is the next guy down from Taylor Pendrith. And frankly, I just don't think this is the course for Mackenzie Hughes. The next guy down from that, I, I do want to mention this, is Ben Silverman at plus 600. Ben Silverman's kind of sneaky. I just want to throw that out there. If you wanted to make this Taylor Pendrith play and just put a little sprinkle, maybe as a safety play on Ben Silverman at, at plus 600, I don't hate that, but I still think Taylor Pendrith is the class of the Canadian field. Next down from that is Roger Sloan. Also, maybe a little sneaky, maybe playing a little bit better, but again, he's not in Taylor Pendrith's category. And the two down from that are just not somebody that I, not guys that I think have any chance to make the cut. So Taylor Pendrith, top Canadian, plus money. You know, I didn't even realize there were four Canadians in the field at this point, and you just named or named them all, or there's named seven. at least there's seven. Okay, well, you named yeah. the top four. There's no way I could have named more than two. I would have gotten <laughs> Pendrith, uh, and I would have gotten uh, the the one you named after, or Mackenzie Hughes. After yeah. that, no chance. Okay, well, here are my matchups. I'm just uh, you know we're talking about roulette chips. Uh, we're going Carson Young over uh, Patrick McDonald's buddy Grayson Sig at minus one fifteen. So Young had a top 15 here last year, or he was T15 here last year, gained more than five shots off the tee, which is something that I'm looking for here, has five mate cuts in his last six events. Now, Sig uh, has two straight missed cuts, struggled on and around the greens mightily of late. And his form here, not bad, T33 and T18, but he's lost strokes with the putter each time. Uh, as far as uh, my other one, Patrick Rogers over Davis Thompson at minus 120. Uh, Rogers has three straight top 25 start 2024 10th place both times here i like that you know i love uh, previous form thompson's been solid of late but has lost strokes off the team four of his last five which is a bad formula for this place so we're going to try these two listen i mean this tournament i'm not going these guys are going deep i'm not going that deep i'm going surface level but these stood out to me i wanted to get some patrick rogers action here now it is time uh let's see uh we want to have a showdown here i don't know uh, potentially see if you want to address Japan once. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, your thoughts? Japan, uh, first of all, I, I love Japan. He's a big fan of the show. He puts some bets out himself. 
Uh, he watches the early edge pretty much every single day. So really appreciate his support and, and everybody else that's in here. I, I know a lot of you have already hit the like button. Let me just tell you a funny story about Japan real quick. It'll take 20 seconds before I, um, before I accept his offer. So I do Sirius XM sometimes on the weekends and he called in before the Super Bowl and he said, I've got a pick for you. I've got Kyle Juszczyk to catch the first pass from Brock Purdy. This is like this is literally a week and a half ago to catch the first pack pass from Brock Purdy at like plus 3000, something crazy. And I didn't, I, I certainly didn't laugh at him. I liked Kyle Juszczyk as the first touchdown score at 40 to one. So I was like, well, that's really interesting. I mean, it's probably going to be a safe pass to somebody like Debo or Christian McCaffrey, but certainly Kyle Juszczyk fits that description. Well, do y'all remember who caught the first ball that Brock Purdy threw? Kyle I mean, Juszczyk. What a call. It was just so random. It's not like he listed off like 30 different bets. He literally led with that bet. He had a couple of others. Very impressive. I know he's also a Grio truther. And listen, I, I like Emiliano Grio just as much as the next guy, except for Japan. He likes him a little bit more. But I, I really think this is Steven Yeager's tournament. I really think he's got a he's he's the shortest shot that I think can win this. There's other guys like Dietrich, I think, and Hoygaard that are in the conversation. But I think it's Steve. This is the field where Steven Yeager finally breaks through, which means well, Grio can't beat him. So Japan, uh, I request, I, I, I accept your showdown, and I request that Jake plays the music. It's gonna be a showdown. You know, to, to say that Japan is an Emiliano Grillo truther. It's true. Some things in life I just can't get behind. But hey, <laughs> Japan, you got Kyle Juszczyk at 30 to 1 to catch the first pass of the Super Bowl. You know, good luck. As you said, I think Grillo's what, 30 to 1 to win or a little bit less than that to win this week? Hey, might, might as well take your winnings. Patrick, any thoughts on this showdown? Which one do you like, uh, Jaeger or Grillo? I don't even care. I'm focused on us, EC. Uh, okay, you know, I just, I just you know, want to throw I, that I don't out need there. to get stuck in the drama between first round leader Sia. <laughs> And Kyle Juszczyk, Japan. I'm focused on Nikolai Hogard beating okay. Tony Finau this week. All right. All right. That's fair enough. All right. Now it's on to finishing positions. My favorite bets. Castle, I'm going to let you start with a couple of top 30s that you have, including a couple of familiar names that you've talked about. Yeah. And I'll say this. I, I think most books have top 30. If you don't have top 30, I'd be willing to accept these at, at much better prices in the top 20 market, but I think it would probably be safer to play them in the top 40 market because these numbers on Sam Stevens and Michael Kim, I believe when you're talking top 40, we're talking like pretty close to even money, like minus 105, minus 110 stuff, or, or even like a plus 100. So uh, if you don't have top 30, I would actually defer back to T40 for these guys. Again, Sam Stevens, comp courses here, comp greens here. I really like how he plays at, at these types of courses. And I think the game really fits. Like he's long off the tee. He checks a lot of the boxes that we want to check, which again is why he's picking up so much popularity in DFS. Now, am I playing him in DFS at 7,100? Not unless I'm playing a double up. I, I just don't think I'm going to play a guy that's like 10, 12, 13% that's that low at 7,100. I'll find one of his pivots. But again, I can play him in this market and be very satisfied if, if he does well in, in that DFS market. So I like him and I like Michael Kim. I don't need to go over Michael Kim again. I just think T30 is a really safe price. T20, I would shy away from a little bit, but I think Michael Kim is, has been consistent enough in this field to land well inside the top 30. One thing I want to point out, and somebody... Somebody pointed this out earlier. It came up on Twitter after the Adam Scott T20, which cashed. But depending on what book you had, you know, it, it cashed either fully at like DraftKings or BetMGM. But places like FanDuel, they, they, they took a, a reduction off of it. So I do want to point out no knock against FanDuel. Uh, because I think FanDuel is a great book. But when it comes to finishing positions, 
You should not be betting FanDuel when it comes to T20, T30, T40, because the type of reduction that they take is is really problematic. I don't know how else to say it. Um, again, FanDuel's a great book. They have great odds and they have great selections, and I love their their platform. But just wanted to point that out. BetMGM, they're going to pay you fully, and I like that book quite a bit too, as everybody knows. DraftKings, they're going to pay you fully on those finishing positions, um, unless I'm missing something. I think those I two. No, I don't think sure. I don't think DraftKings. I don't think DraftKings does. I think they're similar to, to FanDuel. BetMGM, as I understand, is the only sports book who pays out ties for finishing positions. Okay, I'll double check the DraftKings. You yeah. might be right. Yeah, yeah, I I got uh, I had a I had a live bet the other week that got uh, taken down a little bit because uh, Bryson DeChambeau tied for top ten, and so that's why I I kind of knew on on another sports book there. All right, uh, I've done pretty well with these finishing positions lately. I had Will Zalatoris and Tom Hoagie among my bets last week. Uh, I didn't need top twenty, top thirty. Should have played in both top ten because mm-hmm. they were both rock solid at Riviera. So let's play a couple of let's play three top twenties here. Brandon Wu top twenty plus one sixty at BetMGM. Uh, as we talked about, I think it was mentioned earlier, T2 and solo third last year at this course. Loves this place. Gained more than 14 strokes putting in the last two years combined and eight strokes combined off the tee. Sounds good to me. Sign me up for plus money at a top 20. Maverick McNeely at top 20 plus 240. Uh, T6 in Scottsdale a couple weeks ago. I mean, this was a highly touted collegiate golfer who has the pedigree. His game is consistent across the board coming back. He's now off his medical exemption, needs to you know, try to get his first PGA Tour win. I think he's a value play with his talent in this field. And then we're going to Cameron Champ at uh, top 20 at plus 250. Now, in two years here, he's gone T6, T8. That's great. He's entering off four straight missed cuts. But last year, he was T8 with six straight missed cuts heading into this event. So you just throw out the prior form, horse for the course, long hitter, his length on this course with little penalty for going astray. Not necessarily a bad thing, and he has performed well off the tee and putting here. So I'm having a, a, a thought on Cameron Champ this week. You might see his name a little bit later on. Now, hmm. before we get to winners, and I'll tell you, this, this group is all over the map. Let's hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Can you make all of these bets? You can make them at BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today, get $150 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5, and you'll receive $150 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome, with bonus code EDGE150. That's EDGE150. All right, it is time for the victors section here. We have 10 names combined. I have one. I'm going to start because I'm not creative. You know what? I'm going with the chalk. I'm not going to apologize for it. I have the best player in the field by far, who's a horse for the course, who has a T2 and a first place finish here at this resort in uh, Vallarta, Mexico. 
He has gained more than 11 shots ball striking in each of the two years that he's played here. He's been great off the tee. He's been great on approach. I don't care how he putts, Patrick. I'm taking <laughs> Tony Finau at 8-1. to one. Let's do it. All right, you got four names here. Let's hear why you got them. I'm going Davis Thompson, 42 to one. Uh, I know you mentioned he lost strokes off the tee in four out of his last five. That is primarily due to accuracy. And like you said, very wide out here. He, he does just about everything right. I think he's a great talent. And I agree with Sia's sentiment that the mid range is kind of, I think, attractive this week. And so I, I like Thomas at 42. I got, I got trapped in the nap, the nap trap, I guess, at 50 to one. Uh, played well in Phoenix, flashed there at the Farmers Insurance Open with the podium finish as well. Super long off the tee. Seemingly can do everything right. We'll find out this week, I guess. 50 to 1. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't really love the number, but I played it. It's one of those situations. It's one of those weeks, honestly. Uh, and I agree with you again, Michael Kim, 55 to 1. I think he's one of the more mispriced players uh, on the entire board, to tell you the truth. He, he does everything right. He's gaining distance off the tee. Uh, we know he can win out here, and he's got himself into contention recently, both the uh, American Express and the Farmers, although he did fall off uh, over the weekend. And then Justin Suh, kind of just a talent play. He, he can be a stud. He played well at uh, El Cardinal, the WWT Championship, finished top five there, had a chance down the stretch. Really good putter, uh, long off the tee. The irons, I think, turned a little bit in Phoenix, and – when he plays well, you can kind of see it coming a little bit in the start before, and I'm hoping that is one of those instances. So at sixty to one, I bet on Justin Suh. Yeah, yeah, the talent's there. I, I think it's. I think that's a good bet and a good price in this field, which you know, as we as you said at the top, and I think we've all said is uh, not very uh, not very good, uh, just in terms of strength of field. You know, when I think of you know uh, favorite golfers and you associate golfers with with certain personalities, obviously now we have Japan with. Emiliano Grillo, but when I think of Sia, I, and, and when I watch Steven Yeager play, I'm like, that's Sia's guy. So it's no surprise to see him top your board at 25 to 1. Yeah, I like Steven Yeager. Like I said, I think this is potentially in this field his breakthrough moment. He really does everything well. The putter can sometimes be an issue, but this course can be a, a course for Team No Putt. I mean, we've seen that before. So again, Steven Yeager with this field, I like it at 25 to 1. Taylor Pendrith, another guy we talked about, like him at 25 to 1 as well. A lot of these numbers were a lot higher. Part of the reason I still have Keith Mitchell at 35 to 1 here, by the way, is because in my Sportsline article that went out Monday, I think it was Monday afternoon, I had Keith Mitchell and Steven Yeager. Steven Yeager was at 25 to 1 at the time. Mitchell was 35 to 1. It's now down to 25 to 1 in most markets. But I do think if you're a Sportsline member, you would have read that. That article and probably placed that bet at that time so that's why i left that number in there but again it's down to 25 to 1 at that number not quite as good but again i think keith mitchell's live to win so you can go ahead and bet that one uh and, and for the record uh keith mitchell let's see it's his weighted off the tee but like again i gotta remind you in his driving distance but i gotta remind you t17 at the farmers around the green is his main issue same with jonathan vegas by the way and again that gets neutralized here because it's just not a big part of winning at the Mexico Open. So Keith Mitchell there, 35 to 1, 25 to 1. Michael Kim co-signed what Patrick and what we've already said. And again, Vegas is really coming on. He had that injury that he had to shake off, but he gained ball striking significantly in Phoenix. Around the green and putting is the issue for Jonathan Vegas. But if you subscribe to Team No Putt here and you know that around the green isn't a huge factor, then Jonathan Vegas as more of a long shot. He was 75 to 1, I think, when these lines open. So we've lost a little bit of value, but I do think he's got a shot. 
All right, Johnny Vegas, can he get it back uh, and get you a, a big number at 55 to 1? You got to cash a ticket here. One of these guys has to get on the board. We're, we're due here, but now it's time for long shots. And, you know, I didn't get the memo when it came to long shots because I look at my long shots and Patrick had just as long a price on his in the last segment. So I sorry about that. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Champ and McNeely at odds. I, I guess I need to get with the program here. Hey, by the way, you know, my top 10 parlays, I cashed one last week at seven and a half to one with Cantlay and Sam Burns. Burns tied for T10. Thank you that the field backed up. So, hey, take that seven and a half to one. So we're going to roll with Finau and Brandon Wu at a, as a top 10 parlay at eight and a half to one. You can get that at DK. All right, now you guys are not shying away from giant numbers here. Patrick, you're going with your boy Chan Kim at 150 to 1. Let's go. EC, is uh, Sam Burns officially off your list now because of no, that? Or? No, uh, Patrick Cantlay and Xander added to that list, by the way. We, okay, we add, we don't, we don't subtract. Yeah, we don't subtract. It grows. It's in yeah, Sharpie. It got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chan Kim, 150 to 1. Uh, to be honest with you, too, I think I actually put a wager on SH Kim, too. So. I'm spreading out the Kim exposure. I think one of them wins. Chan Kim, 150 to 1. Like I said, playing great golf. Won twice in the Corn Ferry Tour recently. Uh, and I think some of his finishes were a bit misleading. And he finished top 20 at the American Express. Can can go low. Is hitting the ball well. Just needs uh, to flash with the putter. And that's kind of what you're looking at when you're looking for a long shot. I'm going to guess that this is the first time in uh, early wedge history that the name Vince Whaley has ever been mentioned on the program. How'd you come up with this one? I think you guessed incorrectly because I'm pretty sure, I think you were on the show. Maybe I mentioned it on the early edge, but I've been on Vince Whaley. In fact, I think he was one of my DFS picks like three or four weeks ago. Full disclosure, when I picked him, I don't think it worked out, but really coming into this season, he had done really, really well, particularly with the ball striking. The putter has been an issue, but the cool thing about Vince Whaley, by the way, Daniel Greer says, I got Keith Mitchell, I assume at 35 to one, hashtag and see who we trust, let's get that trending. But the thing I like about Vince Whaley, other than the fact that the ball striking, I honestly think like long-term, if we go back maybe 20, 30 rounds, like we start to see stuff from Vince Whaley and we're like, oh wait, who is this kid? But the cool thing is, on Paspalum, he's really good too. So like the putter's bad. Let's, don't get me wrong, but like he's helped out by the Paspalum greens. And I think we see that when we look at, remember those courses I talked about earlier, uh, the Corrales in Puerto Rico, like he's, his finishing positions there have been actually quite good over the last couple of years. So I think Vince Whaley, especially since I repped this guy about a month ago and I'm like, hey, this is a guy that I think is going to splash on the scene a little bit more than people expect. I think at 110 to one in this field, it wouldn't shock me. Grant, for the record, I have a pretty big outright card. Okay, let's let's be honest. This is like my sixth selection uh, as a long shot. But I think when we're talking about sprinkling on something, I think Vegas is one of those sprinkle plays where you just put a few bucks on it. I think Vince Whaley qualifies there as well. I, I'm impressed. I, I will never forget that Vince Whaley has been mentioned on this program now multiple times. So when you pick him again later this summer, uh, we will once again refer to the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Uh, as the last time that you took an outright. All right, it's time for some final thoughts. I have one question for each of you. Uh, Patrick, let's, I'll start with you, Sia, on this one. In terms of bankroll this week, we know mm -hmm. that this tournament is, you know, maybe not the strongest. Are you going more money just because of the long shots? Are you going less money? Same amount. What are your thoughts on that? I generally treat every tournament the same, unless for some reason there's some outlier factor that has me intimidated about the tournament. For example, it could be weather. Like I just have no, I can't anticipate, like let's say it's rough weather or something and I can't exactly anticipate who's gonna get the better or the worse of it. That's when I'll scale back in DFS and betting. But to be honest with you, 
I bet around the same amount uh, for, and I don't necessarily like run the numbers for every single tournament to see how much I have down because I have round matchups. Some I like more in, in tournaments than, than others and things of that nature, some live bets. But no, I'm not holding back at all. In fact, I do think there's an edge here because we have like the, the one or two guys at the top, really Tony Finau, and then we have that grouping, especially in the outright and the finishing position markets. Like I'm happy to bet just as much as I do in a tournament that has Scotty Scheffler and Roy McIlroy. In fact, I think these are a little bit more exciting to bet and watch because we don't have the top of the board that we have this expectation like, well, who's finishing second or who's finishing, you know, in the top 20, but not inside the top 10, because those are going to be reserved for the Scotties and the Roy's and the Cantleys and the Xanders and, and so on and so forth. Sorry for bringing up Cantley again, by the way. Uh, with all that said, no, my bankroll is exactly the same. My round matchups should, uh, hopefully I'll have a bounce back from my round matchups last week. Right now, even with that horrific week I had last week, my round matchups are now 16 five and no 16 six and two i believe i'll have to double check that but 16 six and two so yeah it's going to be the same amount you had to bring up cantley again did you yeah i'm we, so sorry we, we just we just couldn't end the show yes so patrick sorry. he is on my list with sam burns xander we're kind of there if Fino doesn't win this week <laughs> I, I, I might add him to the list all right so i'm gonna put you on the spot here you don't think Fino is gonna win so tell me the next tournament that we're going to see a winner under 20 to one on the odds board. Ooh, okay. Um, we got Cognizant coming up next, then the API, then the players. Yeah, Ooh, Cognizant there. a sneaky good field. You got Rory, Fitzpatrick, Ricky. Uh, I think Rory gets it rolling at the Cognizant and then wins the Arnold Palmer. So we'll, okay. we'll go with the API. API. See, what would you say? When's the next tournament that we'll see a, a less than, a, a kind of a chalky winner? Ooh, uh, what, what what were the next three? You said the we, API. We've got Hon the Honda, Hondas no. next week. The Honda Classic, Cognizant is what what it, that's good call on that. Then the API, then the then the players, or beyond. Uh, I think I think it's going to be the players. Ooh. Interesting. I, I think right, we're well, going to see some surprises. Scotty Scheffler, defending champion. You want to go bet that there are sports books when you can go and bet uh, the defending champion. As I did this week, I found a good number on Tony Finau last week, twelve to one. Uh, once the, before this field got announced. So, hey, let's go Tony Finau. Just let's, let's get it done this week. You know what? I'm picking it this week. We're going with it. I'm going to win my showdown. It's all happening. Well, it's been, a, uh, it's been an awesome show. Thanks, guys, as always. By the way, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the Sportsline YouTube page so you can watch The Counselor every morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time on the early edge. Thanks to producer Jake for his help and work always. For Patrick McDonald and Sina Najad, I am Eric Cohen. Thanks for watching. As I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck.